and welcome to Sharing Real Hope. My name is Mike Hall. The Gospel of Jesus Christ is the good news that Jesus died to pay for our sins in full and that all who will repent and believe in what He has done will be saved, saved from eternal damnation, saved to eternal life, to abundant life, the gospel of Jesus Christ. And it has always, always been under attack. It's been under attack from within. You know, the inside job, those false teachers who seek to dilute, to change in some way the gospel. And then, obviously, it has been under attack from without through persecution, but it has always stood the test of time. In our study in Philippians chapter 3, in the first three verses, the Apostle Paul warned the Philippian believers against false teachers, against those who were Judaizers, who were trying to add things to the gospel teaching that people had to be circumcised and that they had to follow uh, the law of Moses. So uh, those were people that Paul spoke very, very sternly about. And I would encourage you to listen to the previous podcast, if you haven't already, to get more detail about that. He also warned them against the antinomians. Those were those that were saying that because of grace, you can just live it up. You can live any way. And obviously, that is not what the Word of God teaches. So... Uh, Paul, in in Philippians 3, after he had warned them about the, those false teachers and had been talking about the Judaizers and all the things that they added, they were, it was, it was uh, the flesh. They were, they were in the flesh. Paul proceeded to give his personal testimony as, as an example of, of how the gospel had the power to change his life. And this particular personal testimony, he didn't give the details of uh, the light uh, from Jesus on the road to Damascus, but he came from a little bit different angle, and that's what we're going to look at today. So in verses 4 to 6, Paul talks about life before Christ, and he says uh, that although I myself might have confidence even uh, in the flesh, if anyone else has a mind to put confidence in the flesh, I far more circumcise the eighth day of, of the nation of Israel, of the tribe of Benjamin, a Hebrew of Hebrews, as to the law of Pharisee, as to zeal, a persecutor of the church, as to the righteousness which is in the law found blameless. And so basically Paul is saying here, you know, before I met Christ, if you're talking about keeping the law and uh, uh, all of those things of the flesh, the fleshly things, I, I was exhibit A. You know, I I was all of those things. I, I was this guy that uh, was circumcised. I was circumcised the eighth day of my life. 
I, I was uh, of the nation of Israel. You know, I am a, a Jew, a Jew of the Jews. I'm of the tribe of Benjamin, an elite tribe, uh, uh, a Hebrew of Hebrews. I, as far as the law is concerned, I, I was a Pharisee, and the Pharisees were strict uh, legalists, and they were at, very, very much in favor of of keeping the law, and um, they were literalists. And then, and then he talked about his Jewish zeal, and zeal was was a high priority in in the in the Pharisees' life and and looked up to among the Jewish population. He says, as to zeal, I was a persecutor of the church. He he thought initially the church was some kind of a cult, and and so he went after them, and um, and he was uh, there when they stoned Stephen. He was holding the coats of those that were stoning Stephen, and then he went and, uh, and sought Christians and threw them in jail. And persecuted him that way. And so he was very zealous for his religion. And as to righteousness, he said, which is in the law, found blameless. Now, basically what he was doing was he was working very hard outwardly to keep the outward points of the law. But the truth of the matter was the Apostle Paul was a sinner just like all the rest of us. As he said in Romans 3, all have sinned and and come short of the glory of God. And that's what Paul was. That was his life before before Christ. He was a self-righteous, hard-working, uh, religious kind of a guy. But listen to what he says in Philippians chapter 3, verse 7. He says, But whatever things were gained to me, those things I have counted as loss for the sake of Christ. All of those things. He turned from them. That's repentance right there. He, sa- he said in verse 8, More than that, I count all things to be loss in view of the surpassing value of knowing Christ Jesus my Lord, for whom I have suffered the loss of all things, and count them but rubbish, so that I may gain Christ. So here he is saying, look, uh, I turn my back on all of those things. And repentance, by the way, is a change of mind which results in a change of actions. Repentance could be visualized by a 180-degree turn. You're walking one way and you do an exact face about. And, and that's exactly what he's saying here. All of that that I was relying on, the flesh, all of those things, um, I, I counted them as loss to gain Christ. He put this in, in uh, business terms, um, in accounting terms. Uh, everything that, that before was, was driving him, he put in the loss column so that over in the uh, positive column, over in the gain column, he could gain Christ. And uh, he says, I counted all of it as rubbish. That is a very strong term, garbage. Uh, actually, um, he, he it was even stronger than that. But he said, all of that is just nothing but garbage in my, as far as I'm concerned, so that I can know Jesus Christ. Now, in verse 9, he gets in a little more detail and be found and may be found in him, in him, not having a righteousness of my own derived from the law, that didn't work. But that which is through faith in Christ, the righteousness which comes from God on the basis of faith. There's his testimony. There's what happened. There's what changed in his life. It was by faith 
that the grace of God was appropriated in his life, that it was by faith that in Jesus Christ that God uh, uh, counted him as righteous. And that's the way all of us come to Christ. Uh, we repent. We turn from our wicked ways. We turn to Jesus. We surrender to Him as Lord and as Savior. And uh, we place our, the faith that God gives us. We place that faith in the finished work of Jesus Christ on the cross. There's where our sins are forgiven. There's where God declares us righteous and brings us into the family of God. The Holy Spirit regenerates us, gives us new life. The Holy Spirit baptizes us, identifies us into the body of Christ. We become Christ's followers at that moment. That's exactly what the Apostle Paul was talking about that had happened in his life there. And then uh, he goes on to say uh, in verse 10, that I may know him and the power of his resurrection and the fellowship of his sufferings being conformed to his death in order that I may attain to the resurrection from the dead. Uh, he said, I, I want this whole thing brought me to the point of experientially, intimately knowing him more and more and more, the, the power of his resurrection, but also in sharing in his sufferings, the fellowship of his sufferings. Ongoing, being conformed to his death, dying to the old self, being made alive to the new self, so that ultimately he will attain to the resurrection from the dead, from the corpses. And then in verse number 12 through 14, we see the rest of his testimony. He's, he, he told us about life before Christ. He told us about meeting Christ. And now this is life changed and being changed by Christ, verse 12, not that I've already obtained it or have already become perfect, or, but I press on so that I may lay hold of that for which I also I was laid hold of by Christ Jesus. He said, Jesus laid hold of me. Now I'm pressing on to lay hold of what he has for me. That is um, uh, spiritual growth. That is becoming more like Christ. Verse 13, brethren, I do not regard myself as having laid hold of it yet, but one thing I do, one thing, and that one thing is becoming more like Christ. He says, forgetting what lies behind and reaching forward to what lies ahead, I press on toward the goal for the prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. That ultimate upward call when he would be just like Jesus. And so life after meeting Christ is a changed life and it is a life that is in an ongoing changing process to become more and more like Jesus Christ, as um, as Paul wrote in Romans eight, that we are predestined to be conformed to the image of Jesus Christ, and that's exactly what he's talking about here. After you meet Christ, you begin to be truly changed. You cannot meet Christ and not be changed and be put in the process of being changed. But he doesn't stop here. In verse 15, Paul begins verses 15, 16, and 17 to call all believers to follow through. In verse 15, he says this, Let us therefore, as many as are perfect or mature, have this attitude. And if in anything you have a different attitude, God will reveal that to you also. In other words, he's saying, here's the mature attitude. 
the mature attitude is to grow in Christ. And if anybody doesn't have attitude, it'll be up to God to change their heart so that they will. And maybe change them through discipline, whatever God needs to do. Verse 16 says, However, let us keep living by that same standard to which we have attained. There is the consistent walk. Keep living. That That is a lifestyle by the same thing which we have attained. How? Do, what is the same thing that we have obtained? By grace, we became a Christ follower, and it's by grace that we will continue to follow and grow in Him. Verse 17, Brethren, join in following my example and observe those who walk according to the pattern you have in us. Here is the model for, for growth. It is, he, Paul said, follow my example, but also <clears throat> observe and follow others. And he must have had in mind uh, a couple of guys by the name of Timothy and Epaphroditus. These are men that you find in chapter 2, men that uh, that uh, were godly men. So he says the, the model for growth is follow the examples of others that are ahead of you. Others that have been walking this walk and that and that have are, are, have their growth is ahead of yours. Follow them. Now Paul did say in one place, "Follow me as I follow Christ." Always you got to remember that uh, we follow godly men and women. We follow their example as they follow Christ. That is a model for growth, and I want you to keep that in, in mind. Well. Um, this has been uh, a challenging podcast. I hope that you know Jesus Christ. I hope that you've repented. I hope that you've come to trust Christ and Christ alone uh, apart from any work that you could do. And I hope that you're seeing true change in your life. And I hope that you will, as Paul called, follow through and find others in the body of Christ that you can mimic, that you can imitate, that you can learn from, that you can follow their example as well. And, and if you do that, you will see true spiritual growth in your life. Well, until next time, God bless. Thank you for listening to this edition of Sharing Real Hope. We hope that you were encouraged in your walk with Christ by what you heard. Please take a moment to email us with your questions, prayer requests, and comments. Our email address is sharingrealhope at gmail.com. Again, that's sharingrealhope at gmail.com. Or you can visit our website at sharingrealhope.org. Until next time, keep living in and sharing real hope.